Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. Amen. And we do come to the time in our service in which we hear the word of God read. And one of the ways that we are we honor God's word is to stand. And so we invite you to remain standing as we hear the word of God. Today's scripture comes from the book of Romans, chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. And I'm going to be reading from the message translation today. But let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but waded right in and helped out. I took on the troubles of the troubled, is the way scripture puts it. Even if it was written in scripture long ago, you can be sure it's written for us. God wants the combination of his steady, constant calling and warm personal counsel in scripture to come to characterize us, keeping us alert for whatever he will do next. May our dependably steady and warmly personal God Develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with us all. Then we'll be a choir, not our voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master, Jesus. So reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. Jesus did it. Now you do it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. So Lord, we pray for your grace, your truth, your kindness, your faithfulness. Lord, your fellowship to be with us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So no one told you life was going to be this way. Your job's a joke, you're broke, your love life's DOA. It's like you're always stuck in second gear when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year. Now, some of you recognize that song because you've heard it hundreds of times. As the beginning of the television show, Friends, it's the the theme song, and the the chorus goes on, I'll be there for you. This is, is what it means to be a friend. It means to be in your corner. And so the, the television show Friends, which um, I watched back in the 90s, way back when, um, really got into this idea of how much we need people to journey through life. It's a story of, of six people who live in New York and who their friends are essentially their family. Now, I thought it was something for us old people, um, but the other day I was talking with Braden about something, and he said, so it's like in the episode of Friends where yada yada happened. And I was like, yes, exactly like the episode of Friends. So um, here is what we realize is that there is a need for friendship. And what is friendship but chosen relationships of trust and joy? What is friendship if not people that we want to be around 
and that we choose and that we can trust and that give us joy just being around them. And so kids in box one, I invite you to draw a picture of you and some of your friends. What is it that you all like to do? What, what, are, what are you, who are some of your best friends? Now, we live in a world in which friendship is sort of hard because so many of our relationships are transactional in nature. Um, I do something for you and you do something for me. I go to the restaurant and the server keeps my water filled up and makes sure my order is right. There's a transaction that happens. And as long as they do that, then I reward them with this tip, right? That there's this transaction that happens. Teachers serve to teach their students, and and they do a good job, and students are there to learn. There's this transactional nature that happens. We each do our part, and the world works, and we have a lot of functional relationships. But friendship is different, right? It's not about what you can do for me, but it's about I just enjoy being in your presence. It's not about a transaction, but it's about interaction. It's about being together. Now, we need these transactional relationships to function. Even in a church, we have different people who form different functions and different roles. We need that. But we need friendships to thrive. And the truth of the matter is, as a whole, as people, we are not thriving. I love this quote from Mother Teresa, somebody who spent a lot of time dealing with the worst diseases possible. And this is what she said. The biggest disease today is not leprosy or cancer or tuberculosis but rather the feeling of being unwanted, uncared for, and deserted by everybody. The stats about loneliness are kind of shocking. Um, In 1985, they did a survey with people. They asked, how many confidants do you have? The, The most common answer that people had was three, these people that I really trust that I can confide in. When they did the survey again in 2004, the most common answer was zero. One in four people don't feel like they have anybody that they could go to or trust or rely on. And I would only guess that that number might even be creeping up a little bit higher, especially after this global pandemic. You know, in 2018, there was a study that said 22% of adults, that's one in five, say they are often or always feeling lonely or socially isolated. A 2019 survey found that 61% of Americans report feeling lonely. And so if if we were just to to look, think about that here in the context of our sanctuary, one of our sections, I didn't mean to call you guys the lonely section, but I just did, all right? Um, One of our sections of people um, is experiencing loneliness. Um, and, And this is the world that we live in. One out of four, over half feel it some of the time. And again, I think this pandemic has made it even more so. We need people who we can trust and who give us joy just by being in their presence and not by doing anything. And the effects on our health, the effects on our psyche, the effects on our souls is just very detrimental. And so kids in box two, I invite you to draw a picture of what you think loneliness looks like. What, is, what, what represents loneliness to you? Now we're beginning a new sermon series called Win, Win, Win. Um, We all win when we do these certain things. So what are the faith practices that help us to thrive? And so we're looking at what's good for individuals, what's good for the church, and what's good for the community that we're in. And one of the things, and and especially I think today I wanted to talk about it with our confirmation class, is that friendship 
is one of those things that's good for us, it's good for our church, and it's good for the community. That when we have deep spiritual friends who we take a faith journey with, it makes a huge difference. Uh, we had a little confirmation breakfast earlier, and I remember one of the things I told the confirmation um, class is I don't remember a lot of what I've learned in confirmation, um, but I remember who I went through the journey with. I remember my friends that I went through, and my hope for our confirmation students is that they remember their friends who were with them along the way. They remember the people in their church that were praying for them, their Sunday school teachers, their people who were there on Wednesday night. The people along the journey make such a big difference. But friendship is hard. It's easier when you're a kid because kids, you all do it way better than us adults because kids assume that somebody wants to be their friend. And so they'll go to a playground and they'll say, look at all these potential friends. And we'll, adults, will go to the same playground and we'll be like, I wonder what's wrong with these adults. What's, huh, there, that one looks kind of suspicious over there. Whew. Why are they sitting at a bench by themselves? As you sit at a bench by yourself, you wonder. Right? We, we have the suspicious nature of it. And so there's a lot that we can learn from kids. And so we want to be kind, the kind of people that help people along their journey of faith. But it takes time, and it's really, really difficult. One of the things that um, I came across, a, a study from a guy by the University of Kansas, he said it takes 50 hours of sort of non-agended time to become casual friends with somebody, 100 hours to become good friends with somebody, and 150 to become best friends with somebody. That doesn't count work time or some of those other things. It's just time being together. Friendship is hard. It takes time. And what I think is, from a context of a church, is that people are not necessarily looking for a church to attend, but people that they can take a journey of faith with. They're not just looking for a place, oh, I like the pastor, I like the music team, I, I like the way things are laid out. They're looking for friendship. They're looking for people to take this journey with um, I was talking to my dad after the sermon, and he said, you know, um, it used to be people might look for a friendly church, but now they're looking for a church that they can have friends. And there's a big difference between a friendly church and a church where people really feel that they belong and which they feel that they have their friends here. Now, the scripture that we read today tells us a little bit about the call of God and this need of friends and whose responsibility it is. At the beginning of the scripture, it said, those of us who are strong and able in faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? And so one of the things that I, I feel like that, that this church and for so many of you in this church, you're here because your friends are here and that you have these great friendships. And there are some of you who may have walked in today and said, you know what? I don't really have a high need of friendship. My friendship quota is met. I'm barely able to keep track with the friendships that I have. And in this world, we become so busy and going all the time that we don't really give time just to, to be. In a couple of weeks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this, this sort of rhythm of work and rest that most of us don't do very well. And so what we see is if you're one of these people who have your friendship needs met, maybe you are called to be the person who is to reach out, that you use your strength and comfortability to serve people who are new and who are needed. 
You know, I, don't, I meant to look up the stats of Mustang, but we all know it's one of the most rapidly growing and changing communities um, in the state of Oklahoma. And my guess is that probably half the people who live in Mustang now did not live in Mustang 15 years ago. This community continues to have new people come in and some people leave and some new people come in and some new people come in. And there's all these housing developments and all this stuff. People are coming into community. And what I know, and especially as I've talked to some people, is that it's really hard. Uh, I was talking to some folks who they moved uh, from West Virginia or North Carolina or these other places to come here to be in closer to their family, but they, have, they don't have their friends around. And so I think that there's two things that are true, is that a, a church is strong when people have great friends in it. But at the same time that we say this, that a church struggles to grow because people have great friendships in it. And what we do as people is, if we, especially in a pandemic when we haven't seen people in a, in a while and we see one of our friends, we're so excited to go to them and to embrace them that we unintentionally turn our back on somebody who is new and who is listening and who is looking and wondering, oh, do I have any friends here? And I would guess um, that, that as people, probably any given Sunday, 10% of our people on Sunday morning are people who are not yet members of this church and who are looking for a place to connect. They are looking and thinking, are my friends here? And maybe even people who've been to this church for years is still wondering, is this a place in which I can connect? Are my friends going to be here? And so what we have to do as people, especially if we feel comfortable, is to use our strength to reach out and engage other people. The Paul goes on and says these words, that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but waded right in and helped out. I took on the troubles of the troubled, is the way scripture puts it. Now, I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life in which I have, I have experienced more in my friendship than what I bargained for. Um, that there are times in which our friends have a higher need, and it feels like, boy, this, this, this friendship is taking a lot, and I don't know how much to give. But, um, and that's the way it is. And sometimes we are the people who have higher needs in our friendships. I remember talking to a family who, um, after they, they went through the, a, a loss, and, um, and just, they were just so thankful for their church family. And I said, um, and they, they had such a, a support um, network, and people came and, and just, just loved them through this. And I said, well, that's no surprise to me. You've invested relationships, and you've made deposits in people's lives for a long, long time that when you needed to withdraw, it was all there. And that was the case. And this is what we as people do, is that we walk through messy situations with people because they will walk through it with us as well. And we need that. And sometimes you might find yourself giving and giving and giving. And that's okay. I don't want you to get taken advantage of. That's not a good thing. But this is part of what it means, is to live in the mess with people. But one of the things that happens to us is we, as people, get comfortable and we like to do things that are convenient to us. Let me tell you the, the story of an, of an individual. Life was good for this particular leader. He was in charge. He was respected by his community. Everything was in order. He was actually in law enforcement, so he, he liked order in the way that things were going. There was this young lady who was interested in him, and he was interested in her. 
and he was really good at his job. He made sure that the boss was well taken care of. You probably have guessed who it is by now, but if you haven't, it's Woody. Now, Sheriff Woody here ruled. If you haven't seen Toy Story, I'm about to ruin Toy Story 1 for you, all right? Now, I'm assuming most of you have seen Toy Story. Some of you in this room may have seen it, you know, 20, 30, 50 times, all right? So Sheriff Woody here ruled life. He, he was in charge of all the toys for Andy, um, and his job was to take care of Andy and make sure Andy was well taken care of and to lead the other toys who often found themselves anxious. And so at the beginning of, of Toy Story 1, we, we hear this great song. And, and Ruben, would you mind just giving us a little bit uh, of the music at the beginning? You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said, son, you've got a friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. Yeah, you can clap. Yeah. But terrible things were happening to Woody. One day, Buzz Lightyear came to town. Now, Buzz was really cool because, you know, his wings did this. He was the coolest space force ranger out there. He had a laser. He talked. Now, this Buzz has been well played with, and so he doesn't talk anymore. But Buzz took over. And so what, what, was, what was strange for Woody was that all of a sudden his friendship was his, his kingdom, his world was at risk. He was threatened by Buzz, who was getting all this wonderful attention from Andy, and he wondered what to do. I love the way that uh, one person summed it up, and so let me read the summary of Woody and Buzz. And kids in box three, I invite you to draw a picture of Woody and Buzz fighting because they had all these clashes as they worked through things. And this is the summary I found online. Woody, a traditional pull-string talking cowboy, right? You pulled the string. There's a snake in my boot, you might remember. Has long enjoyed a place of honor as the favorite among six-year-old Andy's toys. Quick to calm their anxieties about being replaced by new arrivals, Woody finds his own confidence shaken as his status as top toy in jeopardy upon the arrival of Buzz Lightyear simply the coolest space action figure ever made. Woody plots to get rid of Buzz, but things backfire, and he finds himself lost in the outside world with Buzz as his only companion. Joining forces to find their way home, the two rivals set out on an adventure that lands them in the clutches of Sid, a sadistic neighborhood kid who is notorious for dismembering and reassembling mutant toys in his bedroom. As guests of Sid and his dog, Scud, the two fugitive toys forge a genuine friendship and learn that only through mutual trust and respect do they have any chance of survival. And so this is the journey that Woody and Buzz take. 
to become friends. These two people who are very different, this old-fashioned cowboy, this new space ranger, who see the world very, and in fact, completely differently initially, find themselves having to lean on one another. I didn't mean to do that, but it just so worked. They leaned on one another and trusted one another so that they could do what they were supposed to do, which is be there for Andy. They did it so well that they got to do it again in Toy Story 2 and 3, right? They were these friends, and then eventually with Toy Story 4 as well. And they realized that they had a bigger purpose in mind, that their differences would not just, would not just divide one another, but that they could bring the best out of each other. You know, so often what I think happens is that we think our differences should divide us, but I have seen time and time again that the people that I'm different than, when I open myself and I engage with them, they actually bring the best out of me. They actually help me to thrive. I don't always do this well, but when I engage in that way, I learn and I grow when I don't let my differences with somebody else. And I'm going to be different than every single person in this room. But whenever we can learn from one another and grow with one another and see a perspective of one another, we can experience life. And so I think about our confirmation kids. You guys are going to have lots of opportunities to, to be exposed to people who are different than you. Some who may not believe in God at all. Some who may believe this or may believe that. But you're going to have the opportunity to learn from people. And you're going to be shaped and formed by people. And we want you to be shaped and formed by this community of faith. We are here for you and we are with you in this journey. Um, and we hope that you become people who see a greater purpose and through your friendships can make this world and your world a better place. And so what happens is, is that Buzz and Woody end up working together. And kids in box four, we invite you to draw a picture of Buzz and Woody working together. Now our scripture tells us this, that to may our dependably steady and warmly personal God develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with us. What a high calling that is, to get along with each other, even those people, whoever those people are in your mind, as much as Jesus gets along with us. Then we'll be a choir, not our voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to God and Father of our Master Jesus. And I love that idea of harmony. Um, I I'm, know enough about music to realize that um, you know, we need different sounds, we need different instruments, we need different notes to make a beautiful chord and to make a beautiful harmony. And this is what we need. And so, Jesus, so Paul's words were this, so reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. Jesus did it, now you do it. And so we have a calling because our world is desperate. They need people that they can rely on. They need holy friends who will walk with them and journey with them and who, who will take, even sometimes, and especially as Braden said, he didn't always make the right decisions. And confirmation kids, we don't expect you always to make the right decisions. You're going to mess up. You're going to fall. You're going to question things. We're going to walk with you. We're going to be your church. We've been here for over, well over 100 years, and we're going to walk with you all into the future. It's not always going to be easy. We may not always see eye to eye, but we will always walk hand in hand. Because that's what the people of God do, is we reach out to one another. We welcome one another. We journey with one another. Because that's what Jesus did for us. 
You know, one of the most extraordinary things that Jesus said to his disciples at the end of his life, as he was getting near the end, he said, I do not call you servants any longer because a servant does not know what their master is doing. There's this functional transactional relationship. I'm the master, you're the servant. But instead, I call you friends because I have made known everything that I am doing to you. You see, we believe that friendships will come and go. People pass away. People move away. Sometimes we move away. Sometimes life just changes and somebody you were more good friends with here is not quite the same here and that happens. And we want to have as many of those relationships that are just deep-rooted as possible. But the most important thing is that you have a friend in Jesus. That, that through this life you will see trials and you will see troubles. Very rarely is there somebody who's in your preschool class that attends your funeral. But a lot of the time, and throughout that whole journey, Jesus is with you. When the road looks rough ahead, when you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, just remember that Jesus is with you and Jesus is for you. And so Reuben, I, can we sing? Can we do it again? And if, well, I think we're going to have the words on the screen. And so we invite you to sing along. But I want you to hear these words as if they are from Jesus and Jesus communicating with us. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks tough ahead and miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said, son, you friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. You've got troubles, then I've got them too. There isn't anything that I wouldn't do for you. If we stick together, we can see it through. Cause you've got a friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. Da -da -da. I like that. All right. And so I want to speak especially to our confirmation class to, to know, uh, as I was singing that song, I was reminded of an experience that I think a fair amount of you had. You all went on a Route 56 retreat to Broken Bow, and you met some people there. Well, not people, bugs, bed bugs, most precisely. And you were miles and miles from your nice, warm bed, clean bed. But you had people around you. You had people who were going to help you get out of that situation and move forward. And that's what we do as a church. And that's what we're here. So we're so proud of you for this commitment of faith that you're about to make. And so there's some incredible things that are about to happen. One is you're going to profess through your faith and you're going to say, Jesus, I choose you. Above all the other things that I could choose, I choose you. 
but we also, as a community of faith, are saying we choose you as well. We welcome you into this family. We welcome you officially as uh, full members in this church, and we say you belong here. And if there's bed bugs or anything else, we're going to take this journey together. It's not always going to be clean or neat or pleasant, but we're going to be here together. And of course, most of all, Jesus will be with you. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.